The following pendant production. Hello and welcome to season four, episode one of The Kingery. This is the commentary. I'm Chris Stotter, and I'm joined here with the writer of this episode, Susan Bridges. Hello. And currently we are listening to the previously. And as we know, a lot happened in the season finale, so this is just to get you caught up. Yeah, we figured people would need some reminders. Oh, yeah. That would be good, yeah. Yeah, it's it's kind of important because important stuff happened that episode. I mean, um... Uh, a lot of action, yeah. Tommy's mom died. That's a big one. Uh, you better have listened to it before listening to this episode. <laughs> yeah, spoiler. Um, yes. Tommy shoots his mother. Yep. So, uh, the music for the previously has is Mad Stomper, uh, very aptly named, and uh, Kick Mood, both by uh, David Alexander McDonald. And, uh, as we're hearing... Uh, Tom. End of Sylvia Arkell. Yeah. I love you, Tom. Man, she was great. I'm going to miss her. Oh, yeah. Eh, maybe she'll come back in a flashback. Ooh. That would always be nice. No no hints or anything like that, you know. We can hope. Yep. I don't uh, actually remember. Like, seriously, honestly, we do the outline, like, so far in advance. I have no idea. <laughs> you ready to go in? So now we move on to uh, the first scene here, and uh, you hear uh, Major, played by Amsero Garcia, and uh, Tommy by uh, Pete Mylan. All right, you got it, boss. And uh, they are now on Earth. Uh, I'm guessing getting ready to bury uh, Sylvia and have the family meeting. You'd be telling me to watch my language right about now. And uh, so, uh, Susan, wh- what was the idea behind uh, having uh, this long monologue with Tommy? Well, part of it was a little bit of recap. And then I just started thinking about exploring the whole... I felt like it was significant, really significant for Tommy because... Him and his mother never got along, else. and in the end, you know, you, you, you he let her have her way. Never did what you thought was the right thing. Like you know, for the for the only time, I just, he did it the way I she wanted him to, and I I felt like Sorry. that would be a great thing to to no, talk about and explore. Because sometimes, down. you know, you just want to let the character spin it out for you and mm-hmm. see sure what they're thinking and that. going through. And it just felt like a big sure moment that he would probably really remember and think about. I mean, I this is a violent person with a violent job, and we've always said Tommy's a, basically a good way. guy. You know? Yep. So, I wanted to talk about you know, how he was going to feel about this, how he's going to live with himself. So in the end, I, did it and I have to say, this dialogue was that uh, Tommy had here was, was like perfect. I mean, well, very well written. I mean, it was exactly what... I imagined, you know, somebody recapping a story would say when he's talking to his mother before, I guess, burying her. Well, thank you. Uh, um, I should talk about the Earth, too, uh, the uh, the whole storminess. It's a, you know, he, and he's talking about it's a shithole and everything. And so, yeah, I guess it was up to me to decide kind of what Earth was like 
because they've never been. So I decided we destroyed it. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I I was I was reminded of like uh, the way the atmosphere is in the Matrix when they go to the surface for the first time. Very yeah, it is kind of reminiscent of that. I guess. (laughs) So uh, back to the music for scene one that we've passed through. It's uh, "Contemplate" again by uh, David Alexander McDonald. And right now we are in uh, scene two. We have uh, Devi played by uh, Shane Nolan, uh, joining us. And here they're just, yeah. I guess, Long time ago. I was pretty fucked up. getting together. And pretty soon we'll meet uh, Tommy's sister, who will be walking in right about now. And that is Cassandra Arkell, played by uh, Bernadette M. Gross. Yes, a newbie. Yes, a newbie. Uh, so what, what was your idea? I, I mean, this is the first episode. I'm not sure what goes on in the writers' uh, uh, meetings, but pretty much you had the first. It seems like you had the first crack at uh, uh, Cassandra. Yeah, I wanted her to be different from their mother. I didn't want her to be the same, and I wanted her to be instantly identifiable as an Arkell and. Also, we needed to touch on, you know, her son being killed. So I felt like everything kind of fit together very naturally. It does seem like a long time coming. I mean, uh, uh, Jawbone was killed a while ago. I know, right? So it's more recap, kind of? Yeah. A little bit. A more recap, and we finally get to see that... Interaction between uh, Cassandra and Tommy ab- about about her son. Right, and I like that you know they're both kind of you know you they have a bit of that sibling thing where they're like you know what you can't bullshit me you know like don't even try because I know you. I didn't kill your son. He was shot by a really crazy person right after I learned he was raping one of my employees. Damn it, Tommy. And I played with uh, Tommy's dialogue there so much, and I ended up going back to what was in the script. Uh, He had some great ad-libs there, and I just, I wanted to use them, but I couldn't get them to work with the the rest of the dialogue. So I ended up having to drop them. That happens. I was a director, too. It happens. Little sis about appearances. I guess you have changed. Oh, that's cruel. I would never do that in front of the other families. Why didn't you just send my boy home, Tommy? Why? God damn it. So this is the confrontation of uh, Cassandra and Tommy finally addressing the, the death of Jawbone. And yeah, and I think she's forthright without being too over the top, you know. Yep. And really, you know, it's a funeral, so things are gonna be running a little higher and hotter than normal. Yep. You know, nobody's listening to us. You can dial down the drama. But yeah, I know that you all haven't heard them yet. But when you do. Some of the subsequent ones with with Tommy and Cass, and it just feels a lot. It's very sibling-ish. I really like it. It's really shaping up well for the season. Yeah, I, I, I can't wait to see the scripts. I'm sort of like at the same point the, uh, the actors are. I get to see the scripts when they get sent to the actors. Mm-hmm.
Hey, Cal. So. You okay? <laughs> well, you know. Now at this point, it wasn't really <laughs> described in the script of where okay. Tommy goes. If Tommy goes we back with them, so I actually had Tommy move off to the side, and maybe he was yeah, dealing with the some other people on the up. side. And this was well, really I'm only kind of Cassandra, uh, Devi, like and uh, uh, Major. Place. Yeah, and that's but right. It's fine. It's a funeral. There's people there. There's the table ball probably plenty of stuff to do. <laughs> I love table ball. Yeah, you and half the sector. Well, it is a big moneymaker. Sounds like things are going to be real good again. I sure as hell hope so. We could use a break. Okay, looks like everybody's heading to the family meeting. Uh, boss, nobody's going anywhere. They will. They're going to follow my lead. That's how it should be. Cast, you're coming in with me. Major, Debbie, you stay outside. And here we see Tommy really taking a... Uh, I, at least the point I get is he's really forcing himself to take over uh, uh, Sylvia's place. You know, take the head of the family. Yep. i got to bring Cass to show solidarity to the family. Understand? Yeah, sure. No problem. Good. Let's go. And there was no music in there because I really couldn't find any music that was... You know, solemn enough or, you know, funerally enough to actually to fit anything in uh, in there. So I just left it without any music, hoping that. Uh, sorry, I gave everybody a little bit of an echo. So it sounded like they were in a big hall as well. And now we move to scene three and we are in a bar uh, with our good friend Staten. And he's played by Russell Gold. And we have the role of Vic the bartender, uh, Brian Finnegan is uh, reprising his role there. And the music in uh, for this is uh, Treacherous Places, a uh, very aptly named for what's going to take place here, um, again by David Alexander McDonald. And uh, as we heard, we heard the driver come in, and that uh, the driver is played by uh, Richard Casto. Now through Richard's, all of Richard's... Uh, if you lines that he chance, sent in. He I had this running dialogue, and it's, it's definitely going to make the blooper cool. reel, because he basically went along the uh, perception that he was actually playing the character, and what was going on in the character's mind at this point. <laughs> so it was kind of funny. He's like, oh, yeah, a drink? Yeah, this is fine. I'll take a drink. Oh, oh, my chest hurts. Oh, maybe it's just a little indigestion. You don't need any. If you'd done it right the first time, you wouldn't be here asking me such stupid fucking questions. Yeah, this, this scene was kind of important because in the season finale, we weren't really sure why they were going after Maddie. Right, and you're finding out who's responsible. Oh, yeah. Staten. That SOB is behind it all. And then some fun murder. Yep. Hey, I like murder. He bought me a drink. <laughs> he ain't so bad. Yeah, guess I'm lucky. Oh. Not bad. Thanks. Oh. Jeez. You okay? Uh, right. Poor driver. That scene, yay! <laughs> I'll call a doctor. <sighs> Holy hell. Hang on, bud. Hello? Yeah, I got an emergency. Guy just collapsed. Heart attack or something. Shit. 
And I like this dusting, and it's pretty good. <laughs> good job. <laughs> well, it was all the oh, actors. I don't like this. They're in there. And now we are into the next oh, scene, like which uh, is sort of a, a lead into the scene after this. Like it. So, you said and, uh, uh, it's basically uh, some... Yeah, where they start well, talking. Yeah. Total coincidence. Where we start getting some backstory uh, into Debbie. Not when he found me. I was hooked on a bunch of shit and ended up doing whatever for anybody. Yeah, and actually the the scene hey, hey, with, with Debbie's backstory, hey, it was not in Check in the outline. Oh, it wasn't? No, I came up with this one. Which one of oh, this was this was a very good scene. This really gave some good background to Debbie. What's your name? Well, and you know, when I was I was about to put it in, and I was I, I actually I wasn't going to put it in. In fact, it started out with Debbie telling the story to Major, and then I thought, you know what, this would be a lot better if we just see it. So, I, and the only reason I I thought of it was because of the point where Tommy says I have to bring Cass in to show solidarity implying that Debbie isn't going to be accepted because she's not part of the family, actually, but Debbie is very close to Tommy. And so this is kind of something that played out in my own mind because I myself grew up with an Italian family and understanding that blood is the most important thing to Italians, and I am not full-blooded Italian, a lot of my family ended up being rejected for that reason. And so... I, I see Tommy as the sort who he's adopted Debbie, he's taken her in, and he feels like she's part of his family, even though his actual family will never understand. So I thought, let's put that backstory in where he meets Debbie and he decides he's going to take care of her. And that's, it's more depth to Tommy and kind of ties into the whole theme about what Tommy thinks family is, what it means. Oh, yeah. Well, just so I can get them out of the way, the guys, the four uh, guys that are actually raping Debbie, uh, Tip Collier, uh, Jorge Oriana, Mark Zaracor, and uh, William Raymer. They all did a great job. The starting music was actually uh, titled Butterscotch uh, Starlight. And then it uh, ah, goes into uh, kick mood as soon as Tommy comes into the uh, ah, scene. Okay. So that was sort of the build-up uh, right as he was walking in, and then as soon as he pulls the weapon and his first dialogue, that's when that uh, that actually kicks up. And um, there's kind of a black humor to the scene in a little bit, just because of... Take it easy. I really like that she's angry, not because they're raping her. She's angry because they didn't pay for that. <laughs> to me, that just struck me as quite funny. Because she's at the point where she doesn't care what people do to her as long as they pay for it. I don't remember doing it. So, and then, yeah, the idea of her kicking Tommy in the balls just really cracked me up, so... Yeah, that, that was funny. Uh, in order to actually get that to be a little bit more... Uh, forward in the whole script, I actually, as 
that scene ended and the next scene started up, I, I instead of doing like a, 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 a crossfade or anything, I, I sort of just I cut over halfway through the tail end of the music of Tommy getting kicked in the nuts, which was uh, Danza by uh, David Alexander McDonald, which was sort of like a, a clowny, funny type thing, like, oh, I just saved her, and then I got kicked in the nuts. I mean, come on. <laughs> So I, I then brought up her uh, majors laughing because it, it was it is kind of funny. I mean that was his reward for saving her. Right, exactly. Once she kind of got back her bearings, and then yeah, so yeah, she was really messed up, and that came across. <laughs> So uh, the music for the scene prior to this was "Girl uh, Psychology" by David Alexander McDonald, and now we are in the final scene. Not much time. We're heading out right And uh, Cassandra and Tommy are in the family meeting. Back to the and they're seeing the head of the, the new head of the Shimizu, Shimizu family. And the music coming up in the background here now is uh, not the bang we were expecting uh, by David Alexander McDonald. And uh, it will build and uh, climax. The Kingery, season four, episode. Oh, we, well, we passed it. Oh man! Thicker than water. I have it turned down all the way. I can barely hear it. Um, it, uh, yeah, it climaxes right as Cassandra says she's coming back to the Kingery. Bernadette M. Groves and, is uh, Russell Gold uh, is now we are in the final credits. And, I mean, I was very impressed with the, a lot of the actors. Uh, you know, typically, uh, Tommy and uh, uh, Major both have some great ad-libs to add, and unfortunately I didn't get to add a lot this time. Yeah. That happens, though. Yep. They know. They're pros. <laughs> Very professional, those guys. Yeah. Well, uh, uh, did you have anything else to add, Susan? Because, uh, I mean, the, the writing was uh, superb. I thought this really was a great way to start uh, Season 4. Thank you. I was very happy to get this episode, and I, I had a really great time working on it. So, hooray. Well, well I guess we will see you next time in the rotation. <laughs> Yes, I don't actually know when that is because I don't go that far ahead, but uh, I'm sure we'll be talking again soon. And I really enjoyed the direction and the music choices were really well done. And thank I you. mean, David always does a great job, too. Yes, he does. All right. Well, then, uh, everybody out there in Kingery Land, uh, we will see you next month for episode two of season four. Yeah. Have a good night. In. Awesome. All right. Good night. Good night. <laughs>